0: Welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm not an expert, I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn, and here to teach. So, let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum, seize the night. Welcome to episode 3 of the Astro Guy podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Zool, and in this episode we're going to take a look at what's going on in the skies this October. So sit back and enjoy. October skies provide some of the best observing for the year. The evenings are cool, but usually not too cold, and statistically there are more clear nights in October, at least in New Jersey, than any other month of the year. There is a relatively minor meteor shower, the Draconids, that peak on October 8th. In most years, this shower has a ZHR, or Zenith Hourly Rate, of about 10. In astronomy, we refer to ZHR as the zenithal Hourly Rate, meaning that this is the number of meteors that a single observer would see in an hour of peak activity if... That activity was happening at the zenith meaning directly overhead and assuming that the conditions are excellent the effective hourly rate is always much lower and decreases the closer that the radiant of the shower is to the horizon however in 2011 there were reports of more than 600 meteors visible per hour astronomers aren't sure why there are these strange peaks but it does happen. Fortunately, the moon will only be 12% illuminated during the peak so it won't interfere with meteor watching once the moon sets. The draconid meteors radiate from the constellation Draco, the dragon. It's best to observe it without any optical aid. Just sit down in a chair, dress warmly, maybe have some hot coffee or hot chocolate to keep you warm. Keep scanning the sky near the bright star Vega to try to spot the meteors. Don't be disappointed if you only see a couple, or none at all, as there are some very nice meteor showers coming up later this fall. On the night of October 9th in the western sky, about 30 minutes after sunset, look for brilliant Venus. It will appear as the brightest star in the sky, except that it doesn't twinkle like stars do. About three degrees away from Venus will be the crescent moon. They will be a stunning pair of binoculars and can be easily photographed with almost any camera. I would suggest using a tripod if you're going to try to image it. If you do capture images of a conjunction email your results to us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com or post them in our Facebook group. The gas giants are putting on a great show this month. In the beginning of the month Saturn shines brightly in the south-southeast Reaching its peak altitude of almost 30 degrees around 9 pm. Bright Jupiter appears further east than Saturn. Both planets are currently in the constellation Capricorn. Even with binoculars, you should barely be able to make out Saturn's rings, but they'll be much more obvious with a telescope. And with binoculars, you should be able to see at least four of the Galilean moons making a line around Jupiter. In a telescope, you'll also likely be able to resolve Jupiter's equatorial bands and possibly the Great Red Spot. Jupiter's four brightest moons are referred to as the Galilean moons, as they were first seen by Galileo in 1610. In a future episode of the podcast, we will dive into the history of Galileo, as he is responsible for the theory that all the celestial bodies orbit the Sun, not the Earth and he was the first person to use a telescope to observe the sky. Of course, we know that that theory no longer holds up, but Galileo made great contributions that we can look at. On the 14th of the month, the Moon will be about 4 degrees away from Saturn, and about the same distance from Jupiter on the 15th. Again, these should be easy to photograph with any camera. Just mount it on a tripod and bracket your exposures. Start with an eighth of a second, then a quarter second, then a half second, then one second, and so on, until you get something that looks decent. On the morning of the 24th, Mercury will be 17 degrees above the horizon, about a half an hour before sunrise. Look in the east to try to spot elusive Mercury. On the 29th, Venus will be at its greatest elongation from the Sun, about 47 degrees away meaning that Venus should be visible in the sky and will set about three hours after the sun sets. Let's take a look beyond our solar system now. Autumn brings some beautiful constellations to the night sky. This month, we'll focus on one of the easiest constellations to find, Cassiopeia. While it is supposed to represent a queen sitting on her throne, many people see this constellation as 5 bright stars in the shape of a W or an M. On October evenings it is high in the northeast and easy to spot. To the east of Cassiopeia is the great square of Pegasus. It should be easy to spot even from suburban skies. The square is made up of 2nd and 3rd magnitude stars and you can use them to easily find the constellation Andromeda located off the star Alpharats in the great square. Last month we talked about how to find M31 by star hopping from Alpharats to Delta Andromeda and then to Mirac also known as Beta Andromeda. Then hopping in a straight line to Upsilon Andromeda and continuing the same distance and you'll find yourself at M31. The Andromeda galaxy is bright but large, so its light is spread out. Its magnitude is listed as 3.4, one of the brightest objects in the Messier catalog. But that light is spread out over more than 3 degrees of sky, so it appears faint. However, in a dark sky, it is visible to the naked eye as a faint oval patch of light. In binoculars in a dark sky, and with some practice, you can even begin to make out the spiral arms of the galaxy. See if you can spot its companion galaxies, M32 and M110. If you want to challenge your observing skills a bit, hop back to Mirac and then continue the same distance and direction and you'll be looking at M33 in Triangulum. M33 is also a spiral galaxy, but at magnitude 5.72 and spanning more than a degree in size, it's much more difficult to see than M31 but with practice, you should be able to spot it. Galaxies can be elusive, even the bright ones, so be persistent. One of my favorite objects to observe are open clusters. Open clusters are groups of stars that form together from the same molecular cloud, and they are loosely bound by gravity. They can contain up to several thousand stars. Some of the best ones are visible October evenings. My personal favorite is the famous double cluster in Perseus. To find it, locate Cassiopeia and start at the star Gamma Cassiopeia, which would be the middle star in the W. Sweep it a line toward Rukba, Delta Cassiopeia, and continue in the same direction, about one and a half times the distance between Gamma and Delta, and you'll see the double cluster. Cataloged as NGC 869 and NGC 884, the clusters make a beautiful pair of binoculars or a telescope at low power. The clusters are magnitude 3.7 and 3.8 respectively, and each are made up of several hundred stars. They're estimated to be about 12.8 million years old, making them very young stars. In binoculars, you'll notice a chain of stars leading off to the north. Follow that chain for about five degrees and you'll see the large cluster Stock 2, sometimes called the Muscle Man or the Strong Man cluster. If you use your imagination, the brighter stars look like a man with his legs apart and his arms curled to flex his biceps. This cluster looks best in binoculars. If you go back to the star Ruckbach and imagine a line toward the star Epsilon Cassiopeia, the leftmost star in the W, go about a degree toward Epsilon, and you'll see the cluster M103. The cluster is made up of about 40 stars. The brightest are about magnitude 10, but the combined light of all the stars puts the cluster at magnitude 7.4. In binoculars it will appear as a faint hazy patch, about a tenth of a degree in size. In a telescope you should be able to resolve several of the individual stars in the cluster. Almost a degree toward Epsilon from M103 is the open cluster Trumpler 1. Made up of 112 stars this cluster is about half the apparent size of M103 and it glows at magnitude 8.1 but you should be able to resolve two brighter lines of stars within the cluster using moderate magnification. If you want to see something a little easier to spot follow the line from Epsilon Cas to Ruckbach and continue on just under two degrees and you'll be looking at NGC 457, often referred to as the owl cluster. To me, it looks like ET, with two foreground stars, fifth and seventh magnitude, representing ET's eyes, made up of about 150 stars that range in brightness between magnitude 9 and 13 the cluster spans about a third of a degree across. It's estimated to be 21 million years old, and the cluster shines at magnitude 6.4. This looks especially great in a telescope at low powers. The last object that we'll visit in Cassiopeia is the open cluster M52. To find M52, start at the bottom of the right side of the W, and follow the line from Alpha Cassiopeia, shade R, to CAF, Beta Cassiopeia. Extend that line another six degrees, and you'll be looking at M52. In binoculars, it will appear as a small, fuzzy patch. In a telescope, at low to moderate magnifications, you'll start to be able to resolve many stars in the cluster. The cluster has a combined magnitude of 5.0. It is made up of more than 190 stars and is located about 5,000 light-years from Earth. While there is much to see in the October skies, hopefully this is enough to whet your appetite, so go out and enjoy the night sky. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I've hoped that you've found our time together to be fun and helpful. If you have questions or episode suggestions, please email us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 973-404-0380. If you're not already a member, please join the Astro Guy podcast group on Facebook. You'll find other members, videos, blogs, and lots of useful information there for your enjoyment. You can also visit our YouTube channel, The Astro Guy Podcast, for past episodes and other surprises. Thank you again for listening, and may your skies be clear. As always, Carpe Noctum, seize the night. I'm Wayne Zool, and this was the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome keep wondering, keep your eyes on the sky, have fun. Carpe Noctum, seize the night.